It's the setup. I'm Chris Grace. I'm John Accardo. John, let's get the commercial out of the way right yeah, at the let's, top. Let's let's hit it. Uh, there's still time, folks, to get tickets to my brand new virtual show, John Accardo's Fun Time Magic Jamboree, uh, on Saturday, May 29th, 5:30 p.m. Uh, Pacific time. In fact, I don't even know how early this comes out. It's eleven. We're going to put it out immediately. If you're okay, cool. if you're hearing this on Friday, May twenty eighth, you have basically twenty four hours ish to get hooked up for this show. Uh, in fact, uh, you can even hear me talk about it again later today on Magic Apples Live at Five on Magic Apples Instagram. I'll be going live with Brent Garris to talk about the show, do some magic and some other things. Um, but yeah, but you can go to johnacardomagic.com forward slash tickets get tickets or you can go to eventbrite which is what i'm selling tickets through and that will uh go to eventbrite type in john accardo this is fun time manager jamboree or john accardo there's not i don't think there's multiple john accardos trying to get you to buy tickets to stuff so um yeah uh, uh, buy a ticket it'll be it'll be a lot of fun i'm really excited i don't want to spoil anything but there's a couple new things in the show that i'm really excited about there's oh, cool. one of those things that that i don't know if the <clears throat> effort i put in is going to translate I, th- I like, will people think that's the coolest thing I've ever seen? Or they go like, oh, that was pretty cool. I don't know, <laughs> but I'm very excited to find out. Um, but I, I came up with something that I'm pretty, ex- a couple things that I'm pretty excited about. Well, I mean, I, I kudos to you for uh, hopping on this Zoom bandwagon just in time for California to reopen on June 15th. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. No, that was, I, I mean, I've been, I've been trying to do this show for months and months and months. Um and just for a bunch of reasons, most of them like laziness and not like a bu- for a bunch of logistical reasons that I could have fixed. Um, you know, the studio isn't properly that I'm working out of isn't properly set up to do what I want. And there's a lot of furniture that would need to move. And then it becomes like one of those block puzzles where I need yeah. to move other things out of the way to there's a lot of that kind of stuff. Um, it's one of those puzzles where there's a bunch of cars in a parking lot and you've got to slide them around to get that one exactly. wooden block car out. Exactly. So it's like every time you move one thing, you have to move something else first to move that one thing so that you can get the actual thing you need out. So it's kind of like a lot of like that stuff. Um, uh, There are some ideas I had for material. I'm like, oh, I don't even know how to do that. Um, Does this thing exist, et cetera. And so, uh, uh, and I just kind of, I wanted to do it in like January and that, you know, didn't work out. And then I kind of kept going. Yeah. Uh, Originally, originally scheduled for January 6th. Yeah. Um, Yeah. but they, person, but you but you were ended up being busy on January sixth. I, I I had to quickly. Yeah, there trip. was. I don't want to. I don't want to get into it. But there was some really nefarious stuff going down. Um, at, right. at, at, at the federal level, that I I couldn't I couldn't stand by and watch. Um, right. You know, and Makes as sense. Ted Cruz said, I would not go silently into that good night. Right. So, and you um, really wanted to climb that wall, climb climb the wall of a staircase that has stairs that you could have walked up, but you wanted to climb the wall. Yeah, but it's the metaphor. You're forgetting yeah. about the metaphor of it yeah. all. Um, yeah, um, I could walk upstairs like an asshole. <laughs> or, you know, like a boot-licking leftist. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you liberal cucks. Uh, yeah, I mean, you want the government to make stairs for you to go up a level instead of just you know, doing it yourself? Really quick, it's funny you brought this up, because th- when I opened up my browser, it shows, like, news things, and there was somebody, I think, who was related to maybe an officer that passed on January 6th who said, like, she's urging GOP senators to support the commission. Yes, I saw that. And, I'm, um, and I, um, I, 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 uh, hearing about all these people that are, I, I get, like, I get the political reasons why Republicans don't, you know, they don't want to talk about Trump. They don't want to talk about all this stuff. They just want to focus on like, you know, preventing Biden from doing things. And so they can push like Biden hasn't done anything for 2022. I get their political motivations for not wanting to do the the commission. But I, I, my, my question about the commission is like, 
we, I feel like we all have a pretty good idea of what happened. Uh, the whole idea is like, we're going to get to the bottom of how this all went down. I'm like, yeah. I think we all pretty, you know, they're like, just like the 9-11 one. I'm like, no, we had real questions on 9-11. I think we have a pretty clear idea of exactly who is responsible for the horrible stuff. I, mean, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not an expert. No, I think that's you know true. What I, mean? like, I, I guess uh, my... I, mean, I still support the commission, but I, I'm like, I don't know exactly what they're going to be asking, you know. I mean, that's kind of how I feel about the Wuhan COVID stuff. It's like, yeah, maybe it did leak out of a lab in Wuhan. But at this point, like, does it matter at this point? Like, <laughs> um, but the only thing I was thinking was maybe if somebody's being really politically savvy, maybe they're using this kind of stuff as like little um, uh, topics for the Republicans to like use up a bunch of their energy and and clout on to like stop this commission, right? Because mm-hmm. the the important thing is to get the voting rights stuff passed. Right. Um, that's really more important, even arguably, than any more infrastructure stuff. Like if if the if the Democrats could only pass one thing, um, and by the way, this is now a political podcast. Uh, right. If the Democrats could only pass one thing, it would be the voting rights. Yeah, stuff. The voting, yeah, absolutely. So maybe this is like you 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 make a big deal about this commission. Mitch McConnell blocks it. Blah blah blah. It doesn't actually happen. But then maybe we can convince Joe uh, Mankin or whatever to support a filibuster so that we can pass voting rights. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. But yeah, I agree. It's like, it's not like a big mystery. Uh, I think it's just a question of how much do they want to use it? Like as a political football, kind of like Benghazi was used against Hillary. Mm -hmm. They want to just have endless hearings, you know, and I don't know that any of that, all that ends up happening is you get some like video clips where you, we've, you know, people feel like they dunked on, Ted Cruz or whatever, and it goes viral on Twitter for a day, and it's like, I don't know if it really does anything. Sure. Uh, and all that's what you're going to be talking about in your show tomorrow. Yes, it's very political. Yeah. It's very, very, very political. I, at one point, uh, I I do a conversation between Ted Cruz and like a um, uh, uh, It's a Wonderful Life-esque um, um, angel. Right. Um, and I convince him to just shut the fuck up. Right, right, right. And that's your gypsy thread. Yes, I'm doing a gypsy thread while yeah. it's happening. Um, <laughs> I haven't got the method yet, so right now I'm just tearing up a piece of string while I do it. Um, so yeah. I don't have the second half of you it You just yet, tear it up and you're day. like, and that's democracy. <laughs> you <laughs> hope it comes back together, but honest to God, it's not looking great. <laughs> um, uh, before we talk into other magic things, I, I do want to ask you a couple questions. Uh, one, how is Mexico? Uh, you just got, got you back from Cabo San Lucas. It was wonderful. Uh, the pictures um, that I saw already looked looked gorgeous. You texted me. You're like, yeah, I get back Thursday lunchtime so we can do this podcast Thursday. And I was shocked that I was like, oh, my gosh. OK, if you say so. And then later in the week, you're like, so how's like dinner time Thursday? Or maybe it was yesterday. You're like, how's dinner time? I was like, yeah, sounds good. I was like, this is inexplicable that this is happening. And then that night, you're like, actually, I'm wiped out. Yeah. Uh, and you said it like, sorry, I, I really need to push it off. I was like, no, that makes a lot more sense. I'm honestly really, I'm honestly well, really. I guess the reason I was, uh, I actually got a little bit of a cold uh, yesterday on our last day there, more like an allergy type, uh-huh. post nasal sinusitis kind of thing. Quick question: How's your just uh, your sense of smells good? <laughs> uh-huh. I had to take a COVID test to get back into the country, so I'm all oh, good really? on that. Yeah. Um, the uh, but so because actually the travel is very short; it's a two hour flight from Los Angeles yeah, to Cabo. I, I, um, I figured if, if I, I've never been to Mexico. Um, well, but, I uh, would, uh, neither had I actually, which is embarrassing because I grew up in Texas, but this right. was a very, very easy, nice little trip. Yeah, uh, we felt like we good. were there for, I, it honestly felt like we were there for two months. 
Oh, that's um, nice. Because it's uh, nothing happens. <laughs> it's just a pool and a couple of restaurants, and that was it. We didn't we didn't do anything touristy in Cabo San Lucas, cool. which is mostly a very spring break feeling type place. So after so I have not done any traveling, I have not left the Los Angeles or anything um, since the pandemic began. Yeah, and uh, um, I you know so yes, the last month. I basically, the beginning of May, I was like, I, I forced myself to put this show up for the 29th. And I went, if I don't just put out an ad and say, hey, everybody, this is happening. I'm never mm-hmm. going to do it. It's, I'm never going to force myself to do all the logistical things. So it's been a crazy dash this month getting that together. Um, and uh, uh, so tomorrow's the show. Sunday, I have a day off. And then Monday, I go to June Lake for eight days, um, which is in the Eastern Sierra Mountains, um, about... 25 miles, maybe, maybe less west of uh, Mammoth, um, like northwest of Mammoth. Um, and I'm just going to be there for like a week. I have a, I have a tent for a couple of days, like on a lot. Um, and then I have a, a cabin for a couple couple nights. For oh, wow. Is, is this a family thing? No, I'm just going to go by myself. Wow. Um, I just kind of wanted to be like out just like in nature, in, you know, a high altitude around trees and hike right. and, you know. I don't know. Go on a boat. Uh, you know, I don't. I, I. I. don't even know what the fuck I'm gonna do. I'm just so excited to be out in the open for for a week. I so this wait. is a pre-planned trip to think about what went wrong with this virtual show tomorrow. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> it is. It is. Yeah, the first two days are gonna be just a lot of like all the people in the campsites next to me are just gonna hear constant sobbing. <laughs> are you uh, a camper? Like, Have you done a lot of camping? No, that's exactly it. We 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 used to go to June Lake a lot growing up when I was a kid. Um, and, and, uh, I haven't been since the last time I was there was 2012 and I've never gone by myself. So that's why I have a camp, uh, a cabin is I, 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 cause the, the, the lots themselves are like 20 bucks a night. It's very cheap. Uh-huh. Um, and we have a tent and I have all of this sort of equipment. And so I was like, well, I, and, and every time we camped, we would like rent an RV or something. We would basically glamp, you know? Um, right. uh, and so on there we had like someone like deliver it there. Um, uh, and we'd rent it for like three days or something. And so I was like, well, I haven't been in eight, nine years. I've never been by myself. I don't think I haven't camped in a tent in like 15 to 20 years. I went, I don't want my entire experience here predicated on my ability to be successfully like camp um, in a tent. So I went, I'll go for like two days and then I'll spend another two nights in like in, in, in like a cabin or something. And I found a beautiful cabin that's like right on the lake. There you go. Um, that I'm very, very excited to, to, to balance that out. So I'm very excited that, um, and the other thing I want to ask you about was Eurovision because I saw, um, 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 that you changed your Facebook photo to the Dottie Frere, um, yes. like graphic. Uh, and he's great. I, I, I became a big fan of him like right when the pandemic started. If anybody hasn't heard of Dadi Fair, D-A-D-I-F-R-E-Y-R. He was from Iceland. Um, he was Iceland's uh, uh, representative at Eurovision, supposed to be 2020 and then turned it into 2021. His music is so good, so, I don't know, charming, enjoyable. Yeah. Hip, I, I, it's just, it's it's so cool. His, his music videos are weird and bizarre and awesome. And um, he's... He's cool. So as soon as I saw you like posting it, you posted that Chromio remix of, of his song 10 years. And I was like, yeah, so cool. I'm so glad that you're like um, posting. I'm so glad people are like, talking about this stuff. He, he uh, his song was on the back of like a TikTok video, like right at the beginning of the pandemic. And it was a funny little video. And I was like, and it was um, think about things is like kind of a uh-huh. big song. And I was like, what is this? This is amazing. Yeah. And then I just found him and 
he was posting a bunch of videos because Eurovision had just been canceled, and he was kind of like, well, I don't know what to do. So he was posting remixes of stuff all the time and, like, you know, Shape of My Heart and all this stuff. Yeah, I would recommend uh, Daddy Fryer to anybody. Um, uh, unfortunately, they are sold out of their sweatshirts, which I really wanted. Oh, that's a bummer. Uh, because- They're also sold out of, he announced a tour yes. like, five days ago um, in Europe and then, like, New York, LA, Chicago. Already and, sold like, out. A- all of them are sold out. So he said, like, we're going to try to move to a bigger venue. But I was like, oh, cool. I'll buy a ticket, like, next week or something. That'll be a lot of fun. And Yeah, Eric looked at him. that. Um, Eric looked at that, and it was sold out because it's, like, a $20 ticket, and it's at the Roxy, which uh, holds 500 people. So gotcha. if I figured you, it must have been – he must have, like, under um, – Yeah, I mean, because they're top five Eurovision, and also um, – they are a very hipster group, so like you can mm-hmm. imagine that the we would they would sell tickets really fast. Yeah, so so hopefully those are all the non magic things. That, oh, except I finished Anxious People. This is a book club conversation. Yes, because um, I had to miss book club this week. I finished Anxious People, which is a book I missed a few months ago. Probably my favorite book club book um, we've done so far. I really really enjoyed it. I loved it. Yeah, I would recommend this Anxious People by Frederick ba- Bachman. Bachman. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've never read a single other book a, of his. Never heard of him before. Uh, he's a huge. He, I mean, he's a huge best-selling author. But mm-hmm. he um, uh, recently had a book turned into an HBO Max series called Bear Town, I believe, which is uh, way more serious than. I mean, Anxious People is serious, but it's kind of a light. Yes, comedic it's very tone. digestible for, a, for um, the serious themes it takes yes, on. But I won't spoil anything about Anxious People. But there is a an, there is to me an incredible like magic trick in it. Um, interesting that there uh, is someone, there is a chapter that describes in depth someone doing the cuffs and balls, but that can't be. What talking <laughs> uh, yeah, there's just it's uh, Frederick Backman is an anagram for SW Erdnase. <laughs> uh, no, um, there's a there's a thing about this, there's a thing about that book that was extremely surprising to me hmm. that, um. I don't know how to. Exp- oh, you know what? I can put it in the chat. Well, yeah, I'll <laughs> talk little, off my. I'll talk off mic about it because uh, I don't want to. Because it's, it it's a delightful thing for the. Uh, here, let me see. I'm going to type this in here. Yes, yes. Which is- I I before it was revealed, I thought it was. Um, um, and, and Chris, just so everybody knows, did write something um, immensely anti-Semitic in the, in the chat. <laughs> yeah. Um, right. Which, I, which I'm glad he didn't say a lot. But no, but, but the, the, that's a joke. Uh, the detail you're referring to, I did think about beforehand. I said, oh, it's cool that this has been left vague such that we're not forced to look at it one way or the other. And gotcha. then it's still surprised. Like it, it, it was, it was really cool. Yeah. It just, it was an interesting book. It was very funny and interesting. And also written with a lot of compassion and heart. And I really, really enjoyed it. Well, I, I guess um, this thing, this thing reminded me of a magic trick because the groundwork for it uh, is laid very, very carefully um, mm-hmm. such Absolutely. that my memory of the first half of the book was not, correct like i thought that things had been told in a certain way uh and then i went back and i was like nope it actually all checks out like it's that's really cool um and that actually reminds me of a magic trick um uh you know i was thinking we should do like once a week we should learn i i should learn one more card in the mnemonica stack so i can rebuild so uh the first card i have forgotten a couple uh cards in mnemonica i've I've, really last the last 13 are a little are a little shaky. <laughs> oh man! Because the last thirteen has a lot of doubles. There's like two fours, two queens, 
And it's just, it's a little, it's a little hazy. It's, I do it's, have uh, from Theory it, 11 that mnemonical watch. I don't know if you've seen that. Uh, I've seen it, yes. Um, it's pretty nice. It's, actually, it's, a, it's, a, it's a nice looking watch. I can like wear it around. Um, uh, and you also have those shin uh, little wristbands. Yes, shoot. Oh, sh- shin limb. No, you got the oh shin limb gosh. one. Um, Boy, that's racist. Cr- Chris Con- famously shin and shoot. confusing Asian people. <laughs> Chris famously hating Asian people. That's right. Um, uh, okay, so yeah, you're about to say that the four, first card mnemonic is four clubs. That is correct. Okay, is let's correct. we'll do it week by week. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, so it's tune in May of 2022 for our exciting finale. That's of, ambitious. Of, the last card, uh, <laughs> of what mnemonic is. Um, uh, but as far as magic goes, other magic news. Um, uh, Kayla Dresher's. Uh, um, Online or the Shazam podcast, I guess specifically put on the online Wonder Gala a few weeks ago. It was a lot of fun, really cool. Some great, um, great acts. Uh, uh, I'd never heard of um, my personal favorite uh, was probably uh, that guy Noah Sony. Sony, yes, Sony. Um, I'd never heard of him before, um, uh, and and yeah, he was really cool. Um, and it was one of those people. I was like, oh, we're a similar age. I, I want to be friends with him, Noah Sony. Uh, Let's be friends. <laughs> uh, <laughs> come on the podcast. We'll be friends. Uh, that sounds good. Um, although you tend to be friends with people older than you. That is true. Um, that's true. He's too young. He's too young for me. Let's see. Wait, the last 13 of Mnemonica. Somebody's selling it as a poster. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12. Okay, let's start at the four of spades. It's four of spades. And there's a seven. seven of, no, seven of clubs is 47, I think. Um, it's four of spades and then something and then four of diamonds. Uh-huh. Uh, and, and then you it, missed a is seven of hearts, seven of hearts. I knew it was a seven and then seven of clubs is 47. See, that, that, it's like there's four queens and seven. So it's four of spades, gotcha. seven of hearts, four of diamonds, ace of clubs, nine of clubs, jack of spades, uh, queen of diamonds, then seven of clubs, uh-huh. then queen of spades. Yep. Ten of diamonds, six of clubs, ace of hearts, nine of diamonds. There you go. Okay, yeah. Um, okay, I've got four of clubs. That's my mnemonic stack at the moment. On your way. All right. On my um, way. Have you... Uh, you, now, I, you I'm, by this... the way, I'm assuming that it's not that critical for tomorrow's show. <laughs> no. As you can tell, there's no mnemonic in tomorrow's show. Or is this some elaborate fucking ruse? To cover when you get seven of hearts wrong tomorrow. Yes. <laughs> like, I but told you I didn't know it. <laughs> I, you know, so one of the things I'm going to do tomorrow is, and I'll, 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 I'll tease, I'll tease this a little bit is there's just, this isn't even a magic trick that I'm teasing. I'm going to open with like an intro video that sort of explains what I've been up to the last year. Uh-huh. And so I was kind of coming up with a dozen different things that I could like put in there. And one of them was this even, I, this was I didn't want it to be political. I, you know, it's a family show, and I, uh, uh, um, uh, uh, you know, it's not going to be blue or anything like that. But I wanted to. Um, one of them would be like, uh, uh, I wanted it to be like, what has John been up to? And one of them was going to be um, political analysis, and it was going to be one of those freeze frames or long extended cuts of Tucker Carlson looking like confused. Uh-huh. And I was going to be. Me- I wanted it to be me in the other screen uh, explaining the plot of Inception. <laughs> <laughs> uh, like, I don't know how many times I have to come on and explain this to you. The first stream is Leonardo or something like that. Um, I would think uh, do it explaining the plot of Tenet. 
I haven't seen Tenet yet. I just watched um, Tenet a couple weeks ago and enjoyed it very much. You did. Um, uh, and you did not see that in the theater, right? No, I saw it on my iPad iPad when I was in Texas. Gotcha. Um, How it was meant to be seen. Yeah, exactly. I'm sure Christopher Nolan just loves that. I saw, I saw the back of a plane. <laughs> um, I, I, didn't, I didn't watch it. It was on the person next to me's screen. Yeah. I feel like I got the gist. I saw a YouTube thumbnail of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Tenet's great, actually. But, I mean, I think that I have a very high affinity for the way Christopher Nolan tells stories. I pretty mm-hmm. much have liked every single movie he's ever made. Mm-hmm. And uh, I recognize all of the faults of them, and I don't care. Um, I don't. I don't think I've seen any early Nolan. I don't think I've seen anything like pre the Dark Knight trilogy. So I've oh, seen okay. everything post that. So, so like, I've never seen Memento. Memento's um, which wonderful, I hear is fantastic. You know, uh, Insomnia is quite good. Um, I believe he did one called Following that I have not seen. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, the Prestige is wonderful. Oh, okay. is, that, is that pre those movies? I, I guess think I so, or, sign, or, or like maybe around the time of Batman Begins because he was working with Christopher, uh, Christian Bale. Your husband actually gave me a good idea. Um, specifically, I'm saying I'm going to rip off your husband. Uh-huh. Because um, uh, if anybody doesn't know Chris's husband, Eric, um, uh, wow, there was a split second there. I was up very late last night editing something. For a split second, I forgot which one of you was a witch. I almost I was like, <laughs> which one's Eric which one's Chris? Yeah, that happens. Um, um, uh, he has a, a YouTube channel called Deep Dive Disney. Yes. Okay, where he goes through like all the Disney properties he's never seen before. Um, there's a couple movies I grew up with, including, and I've talked to him about this, Aladdin and the King of Thieves, which is the third Aladdin film. Yes. Um, um, and uh, uh, I, I thought about maybe, um, w- would this be interesting? Would anybody, uh, watching, um, doing a YouTube channel where I watch ma- magic represented in media, the prestige, the illusion, oh, yeah. uh, Burt Wonderstone, and talked about like from a sort of a non-spoiler point, like how much of this is real, how much of this is not like, you know, um, sure. and then having people on who either know those movies or in many cases I've worked on those movies like um, in magic camp, Kayla Drescher, friend of the podcast, yeah. um, occasional co-host worked on that stuff like that. Tia Mercado. Nobody take this idea from me, please. I mean, I think it'd be fascinating. Uh, you know, I and think then, that uh, the, the, the largest addressable audience when it comes to magic stuff is probably not the biggest, <laughs> but right. But it is like a uh, Dr. Mike on YouTube. He reviews uh, episodes of house, Right, you know, there's a guy I really liking the Legal Eagle. I, I right. think, uh, or that's his channel. I don't know. Um, um, he uh, like he has a tag or anything. He, He's really cool. He did a collab with Doctor Mike the other day. Oh, did he? Oh, fun. Yeah. Um. So that's. Uh, I, I I thought about I thought about that. Um. I do want to offer a quick thank you, not a quick thank you, an immense thank you to Taylor Hughes. There's no single person that has been more helpful, uh, figuring out virtual setups. Than Taylor Hughes. Mm. Taylor Hughes, he was off to the races when all this stuff started. Now, he'd been working in technology and making videos and stuff. He's been a technically adept guy for a long time. So I don't know how much of this he was ready to do. But the moment the pandemic hit, he started with um, obviously his 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 late night show, um, Live from World Headquarters. Uh, um, and then I remember seeing him do a live show for free just to like test material and it looked incredible. And when I finally decided to do it and invest a lot of the money I had saved up, um, into this equipment he told me exactly what i needed he's like here's all the things you need here's the capture device here's the cameras here's the lights everything he was so incredibly helpful he's also been on zoom calls with me several times to explain how to do certain things culminating in this monday 
he was on a call with me from like 10.30 to like 12.30 at night. Um, and he had just had a full day. He had been traveling and then he had spent time <clears> with his family and all this stuff. And so he was you know, very tired, helping me out. And there was one thing that ultimately is a tech issue. I, uh, one, I'm a, um, in my Mac, uh, a, a little um, converter, an HDMI converter into a USB-C wasn't working, which is ultimately the issue. But whatever he was trying to do, getting me to plug in this HDMI was not working. And we kept trying it different ways. I have never, Chris, I have never seen a man so close to watching a spirit break live in front of me. Uh, uh, <laughs> but he was so patient and helpful. And it got to the point where these things wouldn't work and I couldn't figure out why. And of course he's not with me. So he can't like help me do it. He's just sort of guiding me through what buttons I should try pushing. And so to the fourth time in a row, this thing would work for four seconds and then would shut off. And, and he went, <sighs> each time, like when it, when it kept happening, I was like, his head would sort of sing. And I felt so bad. Cause he's being so appreciative. Right. I have to just Taylor Hughes is, is just an absolute legend. I cannot thank him enough. Uh, um, uh, so go follow T- uh, uh, Taylor Hughes. Go, I don't know. Go support him anyway. He's going to be at, um, in Lake Tahoe next week. Mm-hmm. Um, and I believe it's called The Lodge. I, I can't remember the name of the The Loft. Loft Lake Tahoe. Right. Um, and I'm actually, because um, Lake Tahoe is only about uh, two hours north of where I'll be. So I'm actually going to drive up for a night and see his show. Oh, so cool. I'm very, very excited for that. So I'll offer a big thank you to uh, to Taylor Hughes. And also, um, I mean, I guess lucky that that's, this thing happened over Zoom yesterday so that you weren't within reach of Taylor murdering you. Right, right. And that's, I, I was talking to my mom the other day, and I said, Oh, Taylor's gonna help me, you know, tomorrow, get on this thing. And she knows he's been helping me and he's offered me a lot of advice when we've been on phone calls and stuff. And she went, Oh, she went, Oh, my God, for how much help he's giving you? You need to like pay for his daughter's school or something. That's uh-huh. the only proportionate. Um, and I, I wish I could, but I can't. Um, well, I would say your mother doesn't have a good sense of what tech support is worth. Because um, uh, I don't know that it's worth a four year college. <laughs> Well, for two for two daughters, mind you, so that's like eight years of education. Yeah, no. um, one of them one of them has a bit of a YouTube presence though, so maybe she can just yeah catapult into social media stardom and doesn't need education on like paper. Well, one. your mother and must really uh, your mother must really overtip the Geek Squad guys when they come around. Oh my God, we had to take out a second mortgage on the house <laughs> um, uh, because her um, they told her to restart her Mac. Yeah, um, <laughs> um, USB C, not USB A. Yes. Anyway. Um, um, and she's like, I didn't know every there's a US every letter in the alphabet for a different USB. I'm like, there's not. There's really not. And wh- and and how uh, how wh- what's your feeling today? Twenty four hours ish before the show of like uh, ticket sales and you know how's the push been going? So I'll be pretty candid. Um, I'm I'm happy with our ticket sales are. That is also because I immediately immediately like three days into selling tickets heavily adjusted i announced about a month ago tickets have been live for probably about four weeks uh-huh. um and i said well look i've got about 700 instagram followers i have about 1100 facebook friends where i'll be posting all this shit constantly so that's with a lot of overlap that's between 1100 and 1800 people somewhere you know in that range uh, and i went okay my goal is 150 tickets uh-huh. um and then I like on the first three days when I sold like four tickets, I went, cool, that's not going to happen. I need to adjust immediately. As of this morning, I'm at 42 tickets and I'm really happy about that. Oh, that's great. Um, so I'm, I'm, that's a very solid number. That's enough for me to like, um, there are, uh, my, my parents have sent the, the two friends and stuff. Um, so there's some, um, peripheral like people that I don't know super well that are going to be there. And then over the last like three days, I sold tickets to, um, 
I've seen seen the tickets been bought by people that um, I don't know. My parents don't know. I can't trace to where they found it. So that's awesome. Um, I'm I'm overall I'm very very happy about this. That's um, great. I, so I think um, I think overall it's good. And there's a lot of people that reach out to me who have said like, oh, I've been dying to. I've known for years from like college and stuff. Who are always like, oh, I'd love to see you perform. Love to see you perform. We've been at the cast together, but it hasn't mm-hmm. worked out. And they're like, they can see a ticket. Oh, I just got as we're talking, and an order just came in. Um, uh, oh, from Nick Paul. Nick Paul is going to be there. Um, thanks, Nick Paul. Wow. Um, uh, shout out to Nick Paul. Um, <laughs> not as helpful with Zoom issues as Taylor. Not, uh, uh, but uh, also not has, as murdery. Uh, that is true. That is true. So there is a balance. Um, uh, so that I'm, so I'm, 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 I'm very excited. Uh, I'm, so I'm happy with how tickets have, have gone. Um, uh, yeah. Um, and, and so it, it has got me thinking, and we can we we, we hash this a couple times, but um, and I know we, we don't have a ton of time, and I I, I do have a quite a couple things I got to quite a few things I got to do today. It, the, the stressful part is like every, I have a bunch of things that I always anticipate will take an hour, and then they always take three and a half hours. <laughs> right. And then I go, um, okay, well at least all the other things will definitely only take an hour, and then it just kind of keeps them um, like that keeps, insurrection. Keeps, that was that was exactly that was that supposed to, to be in and out. We were just supposed to like right. get Pelosi, get Pence. Um, but then you then, guys were like, let's go to Hooters and talk de- debrief and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, actually, but, you know, it, I'll be interested in a debrief of this next week because my my experience with ticket sales generally is you're probably you might even sell another 20 tickets between now and tomorrow. Or that's 30, what I was anticipating, you know. too. As ticket sales were were slow, I went, well, every virtual show I bought a ticket to has been in the last three days. And it's constantly been like, oh, right. That's right. I got to don't forget to buy tickets to that. And then like three days earlier. And this is for like casual Zoom yeah. things. Uh, and a lot like, of virtual know. events I've bought a ticket for like. 30 minutes before. <laughs> right. I don't even know how to handle, to be honest with you, because uh, I'm hoping I maybe I'll send another email, but like, I believe like I'm pretty sure on Eventbrite, it's just going to be me tomorrow at whatever time I decide emailing people, the zoom link. Um, uh, like hmm. it's not like programmed into Eventbrite. I was like, how do they get these people to link? But I can just send every attendee an email. So I was like, cool. I'll just send them an email to zoom link. Hey, Please try to have your Zoom name match your ticket name, so it's a little bit easier. Oh, um, to I mean, out. like uh, my guess is, uh, so if- I might just send another one like half an hour out for people, like uh, 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 as that like resend that email for like people who bought. But I, but I anticipated that like I most of my tickets or like the biggest chunk, continuous chunk of ticket sales would be from Thursday to Saturday, which has been true. Do you uh, do you need their name? Why do you need their name to match their ticket? So that I know, just so I, I know, like, just to facilitate. Oh, it's, um, it's not for a, tr- the, a trick. No, no, no. Just to facilitate, like, who has bought a ticket so I'm not letting anybody in who hasn't bought a ticket. Honestly, and, I know, wouldn't worry about that. I'm, because, I'm, probably not going, I'm probably not going to if you just if you just get a hand of, like, if you get a hold of the Zoom link, I'm not going to. Well, I'm that's the thing so is, stressed. how would I'm someone get care. a hold of the Zoom link without. I don't know. If, if somebody, if some, like. I'm just doing honor system here. If somebody was like, cool, I got the Zoom link, I'm going to send it to eight people. I'm not going to be counting. I'm not, I don't yeah. have time for that. It's going to be me and my dad, you know, on two laptops. Um, like, I mean, first of all, in. be careful that your dad isn't the one leak pirating your own material. Right. Oh my God. We've been over this. Um, um, uh, but also, yeah, I mean, to me, it's like, uh, like I can't imagine someone doing that. Yeah. And then I'll, um, um, the other thing I was, uh, no, I, I, I guess, um, yeah, that, that was pretty much just, just for like, just for like ease. But I think maybe just like 15 minutes before the show, if people, people have bought tickets, 
that afternoon. Yeah. Um, I was pretty, I was honest to God, I was pretty um, surprised at how uh, um, relaxed, not relaxed, I guess lax the days ago. I don't know. The Eventbrite was because Eventbrite was like, yeah, just cool. Just give us the information. Um, you know, uh, we'll charge everybody an extra two bucks off, uh, um, you know, as a service fee and then you get everything else. Have fun. Uh, like, <laughs> right. oh, you don't want to like, no one needs to call me and tell me what, you know. Um, so uh, uh, I will, uh, uh, this is a small, you know, if I do this again, I want to be a little bit more on top of things, but like I'm getting, there's gonna be some music in the show. I don't know that I'm allowed to be playing that music. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, so yeah. so like I guess for you know like the stuff we saw uh, Helder do, that's probably why they have like a stage manager sort of come in and like really hosts. Um, yes. You know that really did, and of course in that case they actually probably were um, very precise about who was let in and who was not let in. Oh, of course, right? Like, Gavin, uh, those are also like eighty dollar tickets. Yeah, you know? but also you um, probably. I'm I'm just guessing you probably don't have a trick that require. I mean, people who listen to the podcast will know this kind of thing, but you probably don't have a trick that required you to like Google someone's credit card. Uh, you know. And have it match up to their Zoom name is the reason why I asked that. Right, right. No, there's definitely nothing like that. I did do a lot of that, but that was just for general like credit card fraud and identity. That <laughs> right. For this show. That's what funded this. Uh, fact, yeah, it's like a, yeah. it's a, you know. So you're um, basically your 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 Camlink 4K was purchased by one of the people. Exactly, coming to see it's your sort show. of like some horizontal kind of um, growth into different markets that are sort of like tapping into each other. The magic feeds into the theft. The theft gives me more funds to fund the magic, et cetera, et cetera. And it kind of is this um, right. cycle of a uh, um, of, of of cash coming into the old the old pocket. I was kind of curious. I have been thinking a lot. Like, in the, and now that it's been about a year, um, do you? And, and we don't have to get into this too much. And we've we've hashed it out quite a bit. But like, do you have any theories, any hot takes on like what your thoughts on virtual magic versus live magic, specifically in terms of like, um, you know, let's get into it. Like, can't should you have to be able to do live the things that you do virtually? No. Don't care. I tend to agree. I tend to agree. Is there uh, is there like a line that you you draw there? You know? Uh, no, I don't. <laughs> I don't wow. care because to me it's a different medium. Like you know, I guess um, I feel like all the forms of magic have have benefited from uh, just being to their medium. You know, like I don't think. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I guess I don't think as much about the whole. Hey, you're changing the standards by which live magic is judged because you did something on your Instagram that you can't be done in person. I think that right. horse is out of the barn already. I don't think that's ever coming back. Um, um, yeah, it's interesting because I I was of that I was of that um, perspective a while ago, um, and it's really kind of turned that on its head a little bit. I, I don't know that I have a hard and fast opinion on 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 what that is now. Um, but I'm just looking at their names because, unfortunately, as much as I, I like these guys and I, I respect them, um, they have very generic names. There's two British guys that, for Vanishing Inks convention, uh, did like a, a, a thing on uh, Will Houston. Is that one of them? Sounds they put right. out a book through Vanishing Ink called Video Chat Magic. Oh yes, um, yes. And, um, and they have very generic. They have very generic names. I'm sorry. They're uh, but uh, their lecture at Vanishing Ink, which you can download as an by on its own thing from their um, virtual convention, it's really good, and it was a lot of interesting ideas. I'm not incorporating most of them, but it was really fun to listen to 
them and talk to them about it, uh, talk to them, uh, to listen to them talk about it. Um, and in and, and the book, they do say something interesting kind of talking about that. They went, well, you know, this is just a brand new medium. We have never had like filmed and interactive to the scale that we do now. Um, and, you know, 40, you know, like, like we didn't live through this, but, you know, years ago, we're probably having the exact same conversations when they started filming magic for the first time um, of like, well, what is appropriate and what is not. It's just its own media and it's going to figure out its own way. Um, and it's, it's, it's interesting. Um, yeah. I think that uh, the, there are so many things you lose from this form that you have to take advantage of the things that you, it does give you, which is controlled right. uh, angle of vision mm-hmm. and the edge of the frame. Um, um, and I'll be and using then, controlled angle of the vision. Um, Pretty forthright. I, I think one of the things you can do. Oh, sorry, I don't want to cut you off there. Finish your thought. There. Well, no, I was just saying that, like you know, uh, there, there's. The, I, I, okay, so I, w- I was saying that you need to take advantage of the things each medium gives you. But now the question I have in my mind is, what is the difference between like Instagram magic and somebody like Zach King or somebody that does special effects? So what's the difference between like CGI Zach- and Instagram magic? Oh, Zach King's the one. I, 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 I um, he's the, uh, the the Asian guy that does those like really big scale like CGI things, right? In like a vine or something. Yeah, yeah. Um, I follow him. He's fantastic, and his stuff is very fun, and very entertaining. Yeah. Really, really so cool. the question is like, is that magic at a certain point or what? Um, you know? Yeah, it's interesting. So I was, I was, uh, and I was also looking up like somebody who's done kind of interesting visual film magic is Andrew Main. You know, um, uh-huh. I was watching a video on like forced perspective a couple of weeks, just kind of learning about all this stuff, um, kind of all the stuff that's been out there. Um, and, and they were sort of you know, talking about that. And I was thinking about that too. And, and there is, I think at some point a line that I think Zach King is on the other end of. Yes. Um, that says like, I'm trying to show you a magic trick um, versus like, I'm trying to do something magical, but I'm not trying to get you to believe that this is, I guess until now there was not so much of a delineation of like, um, it was kind of like using vi- big video technology or whatever. Um, you know, all these, all, all of the things that virtual magic lets you do to kind of create the illusion of something, um, and have it try to be like a fooling, mystifying effect. I think beforehand when you would go really, really big like that, I mean, he basically just does like movie CGI and almost in a surprising way that makes you, you know. Yeah, I guess um, he's not trying to convince you that it's actually happened, but then is yeah. really, I mean, I guess Instagram magic is. But I guess it's just the, the, the context because like you could put anything Zach King does in a movie or a commercial and the immediate expectation is a bunch of CGI and computers. That's really fun and entertaining. Right. Um, so I don't think like if people were going to give him shit, say like, Oh, all of your stuff is like so clearly faked and couldn't be done. I don't think that's his goal. I don't think his goal is right, for people right, to right. go, how am I doing this? I think his goal is to create the il- illusion. I think maybe um, one I- of the differences is the liveness of it. So if you see uh, a Shin Lim Instagram, there's still the pretext that he, he's, he's, not that he could do it live in front of you, but he could do it live for you on an iPhone through FaceTime or something like that. Right. Um, right. I think maybe the difference is maybe maybe we still don't want Instagram magic to be like, oh, they had to go into um, Final Cut and paint out, you know, some thread so that it mm-hmm. appears to be this way or something. I think like that was some of the issue with some of the Will Psy stuff 
was that there was some evidence that there was some like uh video cleanup happening afterwards. Oh, you sent me a video this was got two years ago. Yeah, there was from the Scott- Captain whatever his name is. Yeah, there's someone who does like I I, I actually never wrote, haven't watched many of the other videos. He just kind of talks about video things or he exposes like Yeah, he do, uh, he he does it more more exposing like viral videos and Oh, that are fake. Yeah. Like crazy trick shots or something yeah. like that. But there's some and convincing yeah, he, there's some convincing stuff in his thing about Will Sai that's like a little bit like oh, you know, um for example, was he on America's Got Talent or something with the Rose? Yeah, act? he did that very famous Matrix Rose thing. On okay, America's so Got like the, I don't have a problem with like controlling the light so that the black art works in a certain way. I I don't have a problem with anything that they'd have to do to make that look correct. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. I feel I'm less comfortable with like, oh, did they go in post and darken the mat so that you couldn't see things? Right. But then again, I don't know. Yeah, it's interesting. It's like it's such a I don't have a super strong feeling about it. It's such a case by case kind of a thing. And I think this goes back to a conversation we've had many times is like is should magic. um, And I know you have an opinion on this, but like should magic. um, Whether it's presented this way or not, should it be a puzzle to be solved? I know you like the puzzle. Yeah, but. Uh, I do feel more like in terms of live magic, um, you know, there's this, you mentioned it once, but there's this thing of like, you know, uh, the, the audience has to have some even, even incorrect idea of how it happened. Or, you know, if you're going to change a card, the handkerchief should go in front of the card for a split second so that there's some kind of like mental out as to like how it was achieved mm-hmm. or whatever. And uh, uh, you mentioned that because of the Koreans, basically that it's like, Oh no, we don't need that. Like we just see insane right. shit right in front of the, you. The quote I was kind of basing that off for that discussion was Derek Delgadio on Pete Holmes's podcast when he was doing in and of itself, I believe in New York at the time. And he was talking about like, Pete basically asked him like, why do we need the hand to go in front of the card really quickly before it changes or, or, or the, you know, the wave in front of the car before it disappears. And his theory was, is like, why have we, why have we never seen someone just go, it's gone. And, you know, and there's no cover, there's no anything. Uh, and his, his answer was basically like, I think it's because without that, it removes the audience from the equation. And if they, if there's no blur of something going in front of it, then the audience doesn't need to be there. And then it kind of removes that. I think there was some artistic validity to that. And I I do, but, but then as soon as I saw, yeah, Koreans at Fizz, just go like, Nope, it's here and it's gone. It's gone. And there's nothing. And now there's something. Um, I was like, Oh no, it's just because people couldn't fucking do it. Cause that's real magic. (laughs) Uh, At that Fizzum, Topaz is a great German magician. Um, he's been like every Fizzum. Um, he's been around forever. He's a really cool guy. I've only met him like once, but he's very cool, very talented, very interesting guy. He's a whole show. Like all his magic is like musically infused. Um, if you haven't seen him do, uh, that bongo routine on YouTube, where he does like a ball manipulation while playing the bongos. It's really cool. Really fun. Um, he's another one where he play like he like shuffles and plays a deck of cards while doing card manipulation while like doing melodies with it, like rhythm, uh, rhythmic melodies. Uh, anyway, but he kind of sat down on the stage during a show talking about what FISM means to him and what it's been like watching it because I'm involved and watching these methods exponentially, uh, increase in, 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 um, impossibility over the time. And he was, and he was sat on the edge of the stage and he's talking about it. And he, I mean, when I was young and we were starting this and he's a FISM winner, I believe he was like, we, we, used methods to do these things. But now 
it's like watching real magic. It's like, <laughs> we, you know, it's just incredible what's going on. And it's, it's, it's very true. I, I, I do feel like there's so many young, interesting voices that are really pushing the bounds of like, what is possible, what the limits are in a way that, you know, maybe we won't agree on everything. Maybe we'll still sort of like the, the arc of magic will sort of bend in one direction generally. Um, but I do feel very optimistic. There's a lot of stuff happening. I do not feel like publicly there is a, um, uh, uh, like in a mainstream way, there's a lot of gatekeeping on what is cool and hip and what is not yeah. the way that there is. I think the smaller you get, there's a lot of like, this is what's hip. This is what's cool. Oh, you know, and um, by the way, I think this whole thing about where people worry about the methods being revealed and stuff, uh, again, the horse is out of the barn. It's probably not really a thing that you can control anymore. But I would actually argue that the the overall audience for magic has increased at a greater rate, like basically post fool us mm-hmm. uh, and maybe post David Lane or whatever, but really post fool us. Um, the, 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 the total audience for magic in America, I think is larger than it was and is large has in, uh, increased um, more than the number of people that are going onto YouTube to debunk things and find find methods. Oh, I I agree with that as well. And quite frankly, I don't think that the um, uh, the deep. I just don't think debunking like the whole mass magician thing. People ask me about the mass magician all the time. Well, it's less over the years, but <laughs> for a while, people, well, it's like any Your mailman's thing. coming up being like, right every day. Oh my gosh. Uh, I was like, sir, please six feet. Um, but people ask me, ask me about the mass magician for a while. I'll be like, Oh yeah. You know, it's not when I was a teenager, like, Oh yeah, it's really bad. Blah, 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 whatever. And then I was kind of like, well, when people ask me about it, if people ever ask me about it, they're like, well, here's the thing. It didn't do anything. People still do those tricks. Two, two audiences they get reactions there's still a lot of them are still good tricks um you know i when i was 15 i watched him explain how to reseal a can and shake it you see you can't you can't watch turn on a netflix special or a youtube video without somebody doing that it's it's one of the most popularly done tricks and it's still it, it plays very well so one people do these things two i i remember this is very anecdotal so i know this isn't like you know hard-hitting evidence and i was in 11th grade we all had to do a um, we all do a presentation by reading a biography of somebody. The biography had to span most of their life or whatever, at least when they got famous. It was kind of a study of how they became influential. And so people are doing Walt Disney and stuff. And I did Di Vernon. Um, uh, I, uh, right. Um, and I then you, you put yourself into your own locker just to save the bully the trouble. Yes, I did. Uh, <laughs> I went to a performing arts high school that didn't have any sports. So, uh, gotcha. um, uh, so essentially you were the sports at that school. <laughs> no, I was even still, I was like the nerd amongst the nerds. All the theater nerds were like, <laughs> but the idea is that like I was a, the nerd amongst the school of all nerds who was made fun of as the school of nerds from the other schools that had football. Right. So, but it's, what was funny is the way that affected my um, view of high school was that like in high school and in college, anytime I watched any movie or TV show that high school, like a jock in a letterman jacket throwing a, you know, four eyes into a locker, I'd be like, that's so unrealistic. There's no mean jocks <laughs> in high school. This is so outdated. No one's wearing letterman jackets. And I realized it was just our nerdy little, uh, our little, the, our, tr- our mascot was the troubadours. Oh my goodness. Um, but, uh, um, oh, so you did the biography of Yes, yeah, so I did. The, so I remember like, I, I sometimes think people's ability to recognize certain methods is not as strong. Like once the, I, um, okay. So here's two quick stories about this. One is in 11th grade, I was doing this thing about diver and I was kind of talking about his ideas and why his ideas were so important. And it's not just the tricks he was doing, but the way he was able to stream, like, you know, people doing cups and balls, but then the Vernon routine, 
became this sort of seminal idea of cups and balls. And it was the progression. It was all of these things, uh, even though the, all the nuts and bolts of this did already exist um, to an extent. And I said, like, for example, and I talked about a double lift. I explained to this whole classroom of the creators what a double lift was. And I said, but the way you improve that, as I would say, you would turn the card over, but it needs justification for why he's turning it back over on the deck. So he would, you know, hold the card in his hand turn it over on the deck and like move something on the table or dust off the mat and then set the card down. So it, it forces a reason why he's using his other hand um, first, as opposed to just turning that card face down on the table, which is much more um, logistical, much more natural, those sorts of things. Right. So I was explaining depth to double lift the end of the, um, the class. I went a couple minutes over, so there wasn't probably not time for another pro, uh, presentation. And so he said, Hey, do you just want to do a magic trick for the class? Since you know, you're talking about magic all this time. I said, sure. I did a magic trick with a double lift. It fucking killed. That was the only <laughs> move in the, the trick. Uh, it was, you know, as a Jay saying, he tricked like a sticker and a card change. It was very visual and fun. But the, the, the effective move was a double lift and it fucking killed. And I went, got it. Either you weren't paying attention or these just the idea of hearing a method does not immediately awaken you. You did not just take the red pill all of a sudden. Yeah. Um, I don't know if that's the right pill. I don't well, know. Uh, but, but also, I mean, it's the right pill for the insurrection you went to. Um, yes. But also, uh, you know, the, all, the other way that we know that is that magicians who know all these fucking methods when they watch stuff are still just like, wait, how did he do that? Right. Like, you know, like the it, it, almost a magician knowing three methods to do something is almost more fooling than only knowing one. Because right. they end up in their own heads about like, wait a minute, uh, wait a minute, he spread the cards. That's not possible with that thing, you know. Um, and you can use that knowledge too. That is something Shoot talked about in his lecture all the time. It's sort of like a creative idea. As he goes, pick up a trick like an old book for like that has a Vernon trick in it. He goes and read the effect, but don't read the explanation. Put it down for just a couple of days and think about exactly how you would do exactly that trick as described in the effect. Write it down, practice it, see if it works. Then go back to the book, open it up, and read the explanation. And one of two things has happened. Either you've gotten the exact method that's in the book, and congratulations, you're as smart as Ivernon. Or two, you have a new method for a trick. Yeah. Um, and that's caught, you know, you're going to better at creating methods and thinking about all these things. Uh, so I thought was very uh, clever. The other story about this was, this is about three years ago, two, three years ago, I was on a date with somebody. We were talking about magic and we were as basically, I always am interested in talking to non-magicians about how they see magic, and what they think of it. And all. I love talking to people about magic with fresh eyes. And Shin Lim was either just on America's Got Talent, but he was really hot at the time. And I was showing her, we were talking, I was basically, sorry, everybody, telling her about black art and asking her questions about it. And the theory, some of the theories on black art that I've talked about with shoot over time and stuff is like, should you use it as more of a utility or should you just be able to hold a card in your fingers, let it drop and flip over as it falls, then all of a sudden the card just disappeared. You know, um, putting a card like in the palm of your hand, turning your hand over and waving, and now the card has disappeared. I just did it on the table, even though it's not even in the camera for Chris to see. I'm just <laughs> up myself. You hear that little click? I, that was for nobody. Um, yeah, and um, you don't have black art on the table. <laughs> no, it's just a red playing card. Um, um, so you basically but, illustrated the concept of gravity to me. So I was, uh, yes. Uh, um, uh, if you haven't read Isaac Newton's stuff, it's very interesting. Um, also very problematic, but uh, uh, interesting. Um, so I was talking to this girl and I was kind of asking her the, the theory, yeah, that, that, talking about that theory of black art. Should it be like, should you do that ditch earlier and then move your hand and then kind of make the vanish happen elsewhere? Or should you separate those? Should you use it as a very sudden visual vanish as opposed to a utility to do an in the hands vanish? That sort of a thing. Um, does the suddenness imply the method in that, that sort of in that sort of way? 
And so I was like, here, let me show you this. Can you try to guess how this might work? And, she, and then once we started talking about black art and stuff, um, uh, she was kind of like, it's just that not knowing anything about magic, even if that is like the worst method or, or the more on the nose, you know, idea, like I can't conceive of that being a thing in the first place. So I wouldn't even necessarily go there, which was basically a, a layperson's way of saying like, all your theory is, is bullshit. Mm-hmm. And just, it just looks cool. Um, which is one of the, always a heartbreaking thing to hear, but it's valuable. You gotta listen to, <laughs> you gotta listen to your audience. And so it, 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 you know, um, those are anecdotal stories about like the idea of exposing methods. I think not having the most dire effect and impact as we potentially worry that it usually yeah. does. Uh, by the way, I want to give a shout out to a couple things. One is uh, just to reiterate, you're going to be on uh, Instagram with uh, Brent from the magic apple yeah, today. Five, five. Uh, so I'm going to put this podcast out right now. Very, very mm-hmm. possible. Someone listens to it in the next hour or two. Yeah. Um, uh, also, a shout out to the Andy Nyman lecture that we watched. Oh yeah, that was very last good. Sunday, which was um, very enjoyable. Love Andy Nyman. Andy Nyman is, is certainly the uh, the 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 creative inspiration for the opening trick that I did for years—the clap and cheer trick. Uh, oh, that's inspired another, by him. Well, it's his trick actually, and I just changed the method a couple of years ago. But um, he did that. I believe it's in his book Bulletproof, which he talked about a lot of the lecture. But I don't think you can get it anywhere. Um, and I have a story about that that I'll tell on the on the thing today with Brent. Um, but, uh, yeah, it was like 10 years, like 2010 at their annual day of lectures, just three big name lectures back to back to back. And he was one of them. Um, and he did this trick where, you know, people say a card and then he has a deck of cards and everyone says boo, except for that one says clap and cheer. He used a non gimmick method, um, uh, which I, uh, and then I, I did that for years. And then I realized I could do a thing with some gimmicks and stuff. And I ultimately changed it. So is it the same trick or not? Who, who knows? But uh, it was one of those things that like, and we, he talked about this in his lecture too, because he's, he loves simple magic. He loves direct magic. He loves easy magic, which I think is all fine. And, and all the stuff's very good. And so this is very, this original clap and cheer trick was that it was simple, it was easy, it was idiot proof. Um, and it was one of those things where when I was like 15, I thought it was too simple. And then when I was like 23, and did magic bar for the first time or whatever, I was digging through some old boxes and I found those, the decks that had, boom clap and cheer on oh, oh that's great and that turned into like my favorite opener i've ever done um and so uh and it's cool too that anytime he's in a movie like when i saw the judy garland movie he has a small part in that um uh and and when we were i was in london with my parents he was fucking tevia and on the roof <laughs> in the west end and i was like holy shit so i'm always able to it's always fun to get to see him in public in like acting and i can be whoever i'm with i'm like this guy <laughs> inspires some of my favorite magic that I do. He's a very interesting guy, and that was a lot of fun. So thank you, Brent. Thank you, the Magic Apple. Their lecturer are always fantastic. And also the so next lecturer is Jim Steinmeyer. So that would be, be very As good. Always, I will be uh, uh, out of town that day. So I can't You'll be in a tent in the mountains or something. Yes. I'll be a mountain man at Eastern Sierras. Um, uh, anything else uh, you want well, to Well, no, about but first? give me the details of this show again. Yeah, so John Accardo's Fun Time Magic Jamboree, which is a silly, ridiculous title that I still stand by um, uh, as a nonsense fun time. Um, it is uh, May 29th, Saturday, May 29th at 5.30 p.m. Pacific time. Um, that is West Coast time. So if you're in New York, it'll be 8.30 your time. Um, tickets are available at eventbrite.com. Just type in, I, I don't think it's forward slash John Accardo. It's like a bunch of random letters, uh, crazy URL. But go to Eventbrite and search John Accardo's Fun Time Magic Jamboree. As soon as you type in John Accardo, it'll come up. Uh, or go to my website, johnaccardomagic.com forward slash tickets. Or go to my Facebook or Instagram, both of which are John Accardo Magic. And there's a link tree there that will take you to all of these places. Yeah, or, or go straight to hell. 
if you don't yeah, want to see the show. to hell. Um, <laughs> especially if you think Biden is legitimately the president. Cut that out. Cut that out. Don't leave that. <laughs> we just send that to Spotify. Yeah. Uh, okay, cool. Um, so we'll see you at the show tomorrow and we'll see y'all yeah. next week. Hopefully we'll get in. We'll, we'll, we'll do it. Hopefully a debrief of the show as well. Yes. Yeah, Cause yeah, I bet I'll people will be interested in the ins and outs of, you know, yeah. of, uh, what the process I've, was like putting up your own virtual show. The ticket sales, a lot and, of stories and interesting stuff that I don't want to, I can't get into yet for a spoilery reason. But afterwards. But sure. Cause you're never going to yeah. fucking do this show again. Uh, right. <laughs> <laughs> well, that depends. Uh, I, I, I thought it would be I thought I would sell more tickets than I did initially. So now I'm like, there's there's gotta be a half-life. There's no way that I sell another forty tickets next time I do this. I think that number is gonna keep Oh, I don't know about time. that. I mean you So Well let's well, just, let's it builds up. I was gonna say, let's assume you have good word of mouth from the show. <laughs> right, so we'll see. So yeah, tell your friends, take a picture of the show or something, um, and don't steal it and put it on YouTube. That'd be great. Alright, cool. We'll see y'all next time. See you later. Mm-hmm.